Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. I want to thank all of you who are here as well. Um, today we're going to, I was torn about what to preach on. We did those themes uh, during the summer, which were easier because it kind of just gave me a direction we were going to do the theme. But since we're not doing a theme this month, it was a little bit more difficult to be like, Lord, where, where do you want me to go? Uh, what do you want me to preach on? But uh, God always comes through uh, in his word. And so title of the message oh, is over there. Uh, so grapes and marbles, characteristics of genuine community. Um, and so we're going to talk about community and we're going to talk about it this Sunday. We're going to have a guest speaker next Sunday and then we're going to talk about it again because uh, I'll be preaching, I think, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after. Uh, but community. And community is important. So we're going to be coming out of Hebrews 10, uh, looking at 24 and 25, and then also Ephesians 4, uh, 15 and 16. And we're not going to read it right now. We'll get to it a little bit later. Um, but so when thinking about community, you know, everyone comes with their own, own idea about what community is and what it looks like. But um, I want to encourage you uh, that, Community is important to God. One of the first things that God said was not good was in Genesis 2 and 18. And he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And even and all throughout the world and all our connectedness and all the Internet and all the chats and face chats and everything, loneliness is a major problem in the world. And also in America, uh, people, even though they can be connected in so many various ways, feel so disconnected in so many various ways. Uh, a study found that nearly half of all Americans feel lonely. That's 50 percent. Nearly 50 percent of us feel lonely. And so if we're, this was a, a representation of America, then half of the people here feel lonely. With young people in particular experiencing uh, the brunt of the pain. They say that uh, 54% of young people feel lonely. And that's amazing because you think, well, they have Facebook and Instagram and they can be so connected. Uh, but yet those just mirror uh, a real connection. Those are not real. Loneliness, living alone, poor social connections are bad for your health. Almost as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's what loneliness. Loneliness is worse than obesity, found out. Lonely people are more likely to suffer from dementia, heart disease, and depression. Loneliness is likely to increase your death by 29%. Uh, be, to be alone is to be separate or apart. And when one is experiencing loneliness, your levels of what they call crystal, uh a stress hormone, goes up. And that can cause, uh, that can impair cognitive performance, compromise your immune system, and increase your risk for vascular problems, inflammation, and heart disease. Loneliness is not good. <laughs> as, as the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. Being alone is not the same as being an introvert uh, or extrovert. Because some people say, well, I like being by myself. Um, introvert, 
uh, being an introvert doesn't mean that you dislike or necessarily uh, have a fear of social interactions. It just means that you don't get your energy from social interactions. And you can, as an introvert, socialize and be a part of a community, but you get your energy. You need time to be by yourself before you engage in another social activity or function. My wife and my son are introverts, and me and my daughter are extroverts. And uh, it is it is much uh, disgusting within our house <laughs> because we do various different. We me and my me and my daughter will enjoy things very much alike as far as going out and then you know oh we're gonna we want to be out we want to go out we want to do something. My wife says you guys are always running the streets, uh, <laughs> which means that we're just gonna be out no matter what. We're gonna go to a coffee shop. We're gonna go to the mall. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna go to the movies. We're gonna hang out. My son and my wife, on the other hand, are just as happy being at home and, you know, we'll let y'all run the streets all day <laughs> and we're going to sit here and be at home. Um, my wife works from home and I, I I could not do that. I would just, it would drive me crazy to be at home day in and day out and having to do work there too. I couldn't do. There's a TV and a remote and that's what I'll be doing at home, <laughs> not getting any work done. Um, so even though you're an introvert, you still can be engaged in social interactions or be a part of a community. It just means that you may, you may need some time to re-energize by being by yourself for a little while. Um, so I have this example, um, and I think you can't take credit for it. I was listening to a podcast and it gave this example. So I was like, Hey, I can use this as well. Uh, when talking about community. So what we have here is a bag of marbles, right? And they're they're together, they're alike, and they're kind of in here, and they're loosely together within this bag here. I can move them around. They're a collection of individual entities, and they are fluid in motion within this bag, right? And they could, there are many different areas of community that you may have. So I used to be a part of a hashing group in Lynchburg many years ago when I used to run a whole lot. I don't run as much now. Um, <laughs> uh, but when the hashing group, they used to run and drink, and I did not participate in the drinking part of it, but I did partake, partake of the running. Um, but that was a community of people that we were like-minded in the event that we were doing that we enjoyed running, and I didn't necessarily enjoy drinking as much, but they did. Drinking beer, so they were run. We were run several miles, and they would have a beer stop along that trail, and then they would drink beer, and then we were run several more miles. It's, it's crazy, right? Why would someone do that? Um, but I thought it was fun at the time. <laughs> uh, but there are many cycling groups. Um, there are many clubs and activities that you may participate of that may be like this. Just a community of people who are like-minded, and you're kind of doing the same thing, and you're together within your bag. And you're fluid. You can move around. If I was to put a hole in here, bam, and I shake it around, some people are going to lose or come out of this bag, but you don't really notice it. You're not really connected, right? There's another one. I'm going to pick these up before I fall on them. Um, <laughs> but this is a bag of marbles, so you can be a community. They're going to fall out. I'll put them there. So, but then we have. Grapes. 
similar to marbles, right? In that they're grouped together, similar, like-minded people, you know, they look alike. They may be doing the same thing, going the same place. But they are connected, right? They're not easily going to fall off. You shake it a little bit, see no grape is. And then if one is missing, it's a good one. We love grapes in my house. You notice it, right? Because something's missing here. You're like, man, there's a grape missing. I need to take this back and get some more. Uh, <laughs> and unlike the marbles, where if an issue happened with one particular marble, it's not really a concern to the other marbles, right? They're not concerned about it. If the other one fell out, oh, there you go, there you go. One, something happened, and the other one falls away. They're still in and of themselves, not a problem, right? They're still marbles. But with these, if one of these are rotten, then isn't that a concern for the other grapes around them? Yeah, because they're connected. And so if he, this grape has a problem, then these grapes around it are going to be like, man, there's something going on that we might need to address. Because if he's rotten, we all might get infected with that. Possibly, right? I'm going to eat one more. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're good. My question is, what kind of community are you? Are we? Are we marbles or are we grapes? It's rhetorical. Don't have to answer. <laughs> are we a collection of individuals that look like we're going the same place and in the same area? But if one falls away, no one's really concerned. They're in and of themselves. Because we've been American, Americanized, right? Uh, it is countercultural to think about community because I look an American uh, value is being alone. <laughs> being by yourself is uh, American culture value, values individualism. Individualism promotes the exercise of one's goals and desires over the value or the independence and over values independence and self-reliance. And advocates for the interests of the individual over the group. And that is different from the grapes, right? So the grapes are concerned about the group and everyone within it. Whereas the marbles, if you fall away, the marbles are fine. They don't really care. They're going to be okay in and of themselves. They're not really connected. And I think the word says, wants us to be or have. Uh, characteristics of the greats. This is where we should be. And this is where we might be sometimes. And we may go through seasons in our lives where we are more mar like marbles than grapes, and then there will uh -oh. uh, <laughs> be times where we're more like grapes than marbles. But we want to always be more like grapes and keep that connectedness. So let's turn to Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And it talks about uh, some genuine characteristics of Christian community. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, 
as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So in this, I see four characteristics that we need to have to have genuine Christian community. So one is consider. Consider is to think carefully about, to examine, to appraise, to review, to think about, and to be drawn towards. This is not just a haphazard, floating, daydreaming kind of thinking, but it is deliberate and it is intensive in that we're thinking about this. The Greek word is kantineo, which is to perceive clearly, to understand fully. Uh, Kanta uh, means intensive. So one, to, in order to have genuine community, we must be deliberate. We must be intensive, intentional consideration, or attentive to others around us. We must have intentional consideration or attentiveness for others around us. That makes sense? Let me say it one more time. <laughs> intentional consideration or attentiveness for others around us. So let's just take, for example, the people you're sitting around right now. You look around. That intentional attentiveness or consideration would mean that you're going to study them. You're going to study their actions. You're going to see what they're doing. You may engage in deliberate conversations with them because they're around you. This is your this example. Your community is the five or six people around you. We'll call them greats. They're good people. <laughs> they're not marbles. Um, but you're going to pay attention to those people around you. This is my community, and I'm going to be intentional about it. I'm not just going to sit by them and say, well, I'm here. I'm not really concerned about them. I'm not going to make space for them. I'm going to take up more space and more seats. I'm going to make a lot of noise with my candy that I'm opening up and be a distraction to the people around me. I'm going to talk and whisper loudly like I'm in a helicopter. Uh, <laughs> no, you're going to pay attention to the people around you and be intentional about it. That means I'm going to study them. I'm going to look at them. I'm going to ask them probing questions because I want to get to know the five or six people around me, my community, because we are connected. So they're not just entities in and of themselves. They haven't bought into this American individualism. They're my church body, my community of people around me. So I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to study them. So my question to you is, are you doing this? Are you being intentional about the community around you? Are you studying the people around you? Are you concerned about them? Are you asking them questions about, not just about, you know, their day or where they work, but about life, what's going on in their life? Because if they're rotten, that may affect you. Because we're grapes. We'll get into that later. But you're not rotten. You're good. One, we're going to consider. The second thing we're going to do, as after we've studied and examined and thought hard about my community, is we're going to stir up love and good works. And so how are you going to know how to stir up love and good works? Because you study them. So you're going to know 
what to do to stir up that love and good works. Stir, I'm not even going to, I should give Ivy these words because these Greek words, I don't know how to pronounce them at all. But in Stone's coordinates of 3948, it means to stimulate, uh, to provoke. So the King James Version, instead of says stir, it says provoke up love and good works. What other versions do you have? Would it say, I know there's stir, there's provoke. Is there anything else? We're all King James or NIV, probably. <laughs> Please don't give us a message Bible. It probably says with the fork and spoon or something. I don't know. <laughs> something real deep and intent um we're gonna stir up agape love which is the divine love and good works and so looking at what is love so you may ask okay so what kind of love, love how do i stir up this love well the kind of love i'm going to use is uh first corinthians 13 4 through 8 what it says love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking which is what this is all about it's not self-seeking but we're concerned about the others around us. Uh, we're not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Maybe that great beside you nudge you too hard or he walked by you and then say, excuse me. And you might be like, I'm going to get that joker. No, we don't keep record of wrongs with us. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails, but where there is prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away, but not this love. So we're going to stir each other up, love, and good works. And good works is beautiful as an outward sign of the inward good. Good works could be something noble, worthy, honorable, uh, so, and good works can be inclusive of many things. But how do I know what that is unless I study you, unless I get to know you, unless I walk beside you and get to know your life? So then I can provoke love in you. I can stir up some good works in you. I know exactly what to say so that you will love because I've studied you. So we're going to consider, we're going to stir up love and good works, and we're going to exhort one another. And this is this is really good to me. So uh, exhorting one another, the Greek word is parakaleo, uh, parakaleo, is to call to or for, to exhort, to encourage. Um, let me get someone. Let me, what's your name? Come on, Cameron. Come up here. You're going to be famous today, just in, somewhat famous in this little circle here. Uh, so me and Cameron, we're a community. So I'm looking out for him. <laughs> he has my back. I got his back, right? Paracaleo means from close beside, and kaleo means to call. So I'm calling things close beside. So it's almost like an umpire or a referee. And the referee has to be up in the game. You don't see referees standing on the back row calling, you know, hey, that's a foul, that's a strike, or whatever. you got to be up close to be able to call, to call the plays or call the strikes or life issues that happen. So Cameron, if I'm working, walking in life with Cameron, and I see that he's spending way too much money on food, 
Yeah, he looks like he's spending way too much money. <laughs> it's normally the skinny guys that spend way too much money on food. <laughs> and so the only way I know that is that I'm walking beside Cameron. And he knows me and I know him. And I'm going to come to him with that agape love and say, hey, Cameron, man, spend a whole lot of money on food. And you talked about not having enough money to pay bills and so maybe you should not eat out so much and, you know, um, then you have some extra money, right? Do you receive that? Yeah. <laughs> it's never that easy. It's never that easy, Cameron. I know it isn't. <laughs> it's never that easy, but I'm glad you played along. Thank you so very much, Cameron. <laughs> and vice versa. Thanks, Cameron. Vice versa, Cameron is walking alongside me, and he's able to call life issues where I may have a blind spot. So I may not be seeing things that I should be seeing, but because I got my brothers and sisters in Christ, my community, my squad, whatever you want to call it with me, <laughs> then they can say, Hey, look, there's a pit hole. There's a pit. There's a, there's a hole there. You may want to be careful because you might fall in that if you keep going that direction. And I didn't see it. Thank you. Thank you for calling that out. A lot of times we may have an attitude. We may say, oh, forget it. You know, I'm my own man. I'm grown. I don't need you. I pay my own bills. You know, that's how we say, that's how we think, even if we don't say it. Uh, but when we're in community with one another, that is totally not what we should be thinking. Because the people beside me may see things that I don't see. Where I, where I may have a blind spot in this relationship, and I think this person is as good as gold, they may be like, uh, that girl is no good for you. If I were you, I would move on. That's not good, for you, you know. And we need to be able to receive that. It is as important for us to receive the criticism as well as the praise that you may receive from your squad as it is for them to give you that criticism. And it's hard. I know it's hard. It is not easy. It's not. It, it can be very difficult to be great. To live life with each other. Oh, I took another one off. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not my fault. They're so good, though. They were on sale at Walmart. You guys should get some. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I'm sorry. We, so we need those umpires in our life. We need those people who are walking close beside us who see our blind spots and can give us direction. Can say, hey, look, look out for that, and we can we should be able to do that for them. This is not a one-way relationship, but we're looking out for one another. We are umpires for each other, and we can praise each other and rejoice when the good things happen as well. I was looking at this video. Uh, sometimes I get distracted. Um, so anyway, um, <laughs> looking at this video of this uh, guy who bought purchased a vehicle for his father. And I can tell when I get older, I tell him just a bucket of water because I just started crying. I'm like, oh, this touched my heart so much. But anyway, initially the father thought he, the son had purchased his own vehicle. He was just so happy. He was like, oh, you got a new car. He was just so happy. And then the son said, no, this is for you. And it broke him. He started crying and he was just so moved by the love that his son showed towards him. And so he was ha as happy for him. If the vehicle was for him, 
and then when you for his son and then when he found out it was for him it was just even you know even greater escalation and the people around them were so excited and that's what community is that it doesn't have to be my blessing if you get blessed because i know there's something you've been praying for i'm just as happy for you than if it happened to me because i'm walking life with you i know your struggles now don't tell all your business come on i'm not saying that but (laughs) with your with the grapes that are around you you may share though that intimate things those intimate thoughts those intimate struggles that you may have with them you may not share it with all the grapes but you're the few that are around you you may share it with you may say hey look this is a struggle for me or this is my prayer request can you pray with me and for me and we can get together and pray about this and when it happens that group is so excited and so happy that you were blessed as if they were blessed themselves exhorting one another so we got consider we got stir up love and good works we got exhorting one another the characteristics of genuine community and then finally we got make it a habit to assemble that's what made them a community in and of themselves. So the Greek word for uh, assembly is epe synagogue, which we get our word synagogue from. I did look at that one. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm proud of myself. Thank you. Uh, gathering together an assembly, uh, grouping together that fulfills or builds on a specific purpose for the gathering together. So we're just not gathering together for nothing or any for not. But there's a purpose in our gathering together. And that purpose is to build one another up. And it says throughout the word is to bear one another burdens and to love one another and to provoke one another in love and to, you know, love on one another. This is gather together. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints. And it is so easy nowadays because you can go online and watch any pastor throughout the world and say you've had your bedside. Uh, chapel and you've had ministry and you looked at a couple of praise and worship videos and you're good to go for the Sunday and I'm my own person because that's what marbles do. That's what marbles think like, hey, I'm an entity in and of myself and if a few fall away, I'm okay. It doesn't bother me. You know, I can have my own little chapel at home, my own little service and we're good to go. But Acts 2, uh, 42, 47, and it says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and all had all things common, sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continually daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. That is the early church model right there. And I would suggest that that should be our model for community, that we are not forsaking the gathering of us. And that is why it's important that we have fellowships like we're having today. I think there's something important 
about getting together around food. I think it's spiritual. I think it, especially good food, too. I know that the Holy Spirit is in it. Um, <laughs> but uh, and you will see. And, and next week I'll talk about fellowship around food, uh, what Jesus did. Jesus went to a lot of house parties and food, where food was available. And I think there's something about breaking bread with your brothers and sisters in Christ, with your squad, having that fellowship um, that is personal and intimate, especially in your own house because you, you bring them to your house and they see all the stuff you don't have or <laughs> have, and I don't, you know, you don't care. Or, but you, you bring them in and you're willing to serve them and share life with them and show them your life. When you, when you bring someone to your house, you're showing them a part of your life, you know. It, you can, when I was in social work, we used to, um, there were teachings on when you went into a client's home, you know, things that you can look at to glean about what they may mean about that person's home. Um, we always try to look at the positive and not the negative. So let's say if they had a plant outside, that means, we would say, well, that means that they cared about their home. Even though it may have been in a bad part of town and it didn't look the best, they had some concern because they had a plan and they wanted to beautify their environment. Or, you know, there may have been a picture of their families up, you know, even if the wall is almost torn down. <laughs> that means that they cared about their family. We had to look at that and say, well, that means that, you know, we were writing notes. They had pictures of their family up because it means they had some care and concern about their family to, to put that out for people to see. Um, and so that, so for us, when we go into our homes, we, we show people uh, our life. Uh, Matthew eight nineteen through 20 says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. That gathering together binds God by his words that says, I will be in the midst where two or three are gathered. When I was in college, in our college ministry, I used to sing in a choir, and we would go to different churches around Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. Um, and some of them were not well attended. <laughs> so me and a buddy would say, God is bound to be here because there are only two or three. <laughs> we were just joking. But it is his word. He said, where two or three are gathered, he is in the midst. And he was in the midst of those places. And a lot of times we had the, the, the most fun and the most welcoming in those uh, churches that weren't so uh, heavily attended. Why is this assembly important? Assembling important. Uh, we gather to receive something from God. We gather to give something to God. We gather to encourage each other by our shared faith and values. We gather to bless one another. We gather to work together. We gather because his word tells us to do so because his return is imminent. As you may see the day approaching. It is worth noting that in the present context that the verb is indicative and records an accomplished reality you see and it is not as the preceding verbs in the form of the exhortation the eminence of the day was considered to be plain it is not to be regarded as secret christians we are to live as if the drawing of the day is near 
that it is arrival its arrival is just beyond the horizon. And when we live like he's coming back soon, as the old folks would say, <laughs> then our gathering becomes that much more important because he's coming back soon. And for those grapes that may be withering away, I need to make sure I'm getting there and discipling them and loving on them and encouraging them. And for myself, when sometimes I want to just be shaken from the vine because I'm discouraged, I need to get with the saints so they can encourage me and bring me back. Um, because we are joined. Ephesians four fifteen and 16. And I'm almost done. Yeah, I'm almost done. Uh, but, but speaking the truth in love. May, may we grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from the for whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective, effective working by which every part does its share. Cause growth of the body, causes growth for the body, of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So, Let's get a, a, a visual picture of us being joint supplies fitted together. We're joined and knitted together. Let me get a couple of uh, Cameron, come on. We, you, we're buds now. We, we got to work this together. Uh, let me have you. Come on. Uh, Jesse, right? Come on up here. Uh, oh, come on. Yeah, you, I love Will and volunteers. Here we go. Okay, one, two, three, four. Let me get one more. Young lady right here, come on. So we're the body of Christ, right? We're, and it says we're tightly knit together. So this is not a loose, we're not marbles. We're not just waving around by ourselves, bumping into one another occasionally and saying, you know, whatever. We're joined together. So you don't mind getting a little close. We're joined, joined. Oh, oh, oh we, got a, we got a marble over here. Come on. <laughs> Great. All right, so we're joined together. And it says we're knitly Fit together is we're knit together. We're we're not we can't go anywhere or do anything. So let's move around. We're we're, we're moving together. All right. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's go. So let's say. All right. Oh, hold on. You good? All right. Okay. All right. So we all don't grow together, right? Uh, we all are in different growth levels. So let's say. What's your name? Andrew. Andrew. It's a promotion. You know, God is blessing him. So you're going to step. Can you step up? You're stepping up. And you go, God bless you. All right. So what are you? So you're all right. What are you going to try to do? Bring us up with him, right? Yeah. <laughs> because he got the blessing. And so if he goes up, then I'm going to have to kind of bring these up. Hey, come on, Cameron. Uh, yeah. The blessing. Uh, God is blessing us and we're coming up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We may broke. Uh-oh. We're loose. All right. <laughs> There's wrong with that. No. But she's gonna come back though. She's coming back. The prodigal son, she's coming back. You come back. You know, we, we had a, a fatted cow, we killed a fatted cow for her. She she come back. <laughs> thank you guys, it's good. What you see is all right, well yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's just, no, they're good. No, no. We'll, we'll save them for the fellowship now. <laughs> no. What I hope you saw in that is that uh, I'm dependent and invested in your 
your growth. I can't go as far as I want to go if you don't go with me. I need you just as much as you need me. And so if I'm not doing well, it is imperative that the body, because we're connected, go to you and say, hey, you're not doing well. And when, like we said, when these, when there's one missing, we notice. There's, there's a great missing. It is, it, is, it is noticed. It is not like the marbles where you fall away and you don't notice. And maybe this is our mentality. Maybe this is where we want to be. This is not God's mentality. This is not the kingdom mentality. So we're here. And so I'm concerned about you and your well-being. And I should be concerned about that because your well-being also reflects my well-being. We have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but it is not a private relationship with Jesus Christ. It is personal. Yes, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is personal, but we are connected by his spirit that lives in us. Not just me, but all of us. And that connectedness means that I am concerned about what you do and where you go and how you grow, just as you should be concerned about me. We are not entities in and of ourselves. This is not my life and I do with it what I want. If we are really wanting to be the kingdom, the children of God, then we need some referees, some umpires walking beside us, checking our blind spots and letting us know, hey, you might be going off track over here. And we got to be able to receive that. We can't have a marble mentality where if someone, you know, having you play marbles and there was a big one outside, you used to draw the circle. I'm aging myself. You guys play marbles? No, some of you didn't. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, good. <laughs> play marbles. You have to use a gr- draw a circle, and your friends would come with their bag of marbles, marbles, and I had mine. And then you used to have to uh, have the marble, and you would flick it into the circle to knock out the marbles that were in the circle. And if you knock those out, then you were able to get those marbles. They were yours. And they would try to do the same thing. Right? Y'all, y'all play that? No, maybe. All right, good. All right. I did. Um, yeah. So I am I'm concerned if you get knocked out of the circle, or unlike marbles, you get knocked out and no one's really concerned about it. But it's a great, we are concerned about that. We need people walking alongside of to be umpires. And we have to be willing and open to opening up our lives, opening up ourselves, not making excuses for being an introvert or extrovert or whatever the case may be. Um, this is more important. <laughs> uh, this is what's going to keep us. This is what's going to, you know, this is, this is what the assembling together encourages the body of Christ. I, I run occasionally not as much as I would like to. I like, I enjoy running. Uh, and so I have this, uh, route that I take in a park, and then I run up the hill on Langhorn Road, and I hate that hill, but I make myself do it because it's good exercise. I'm not running a 10 miles, so don't, not right now. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I, I've run it before, but um, it it's my own selfishness sometimes, but of self-centeredness probably, 
But when I see um, people, vehicles coming by, I run harder because I don't want them to think that I'm walking. <laughs> so I run. But if no one's coming, and if I'm really tired and I'll stop, I'm like, nobody sees me. I'm going to stop. I'm tired. <laughs> but then that crowd and congregation of people encourages me to run the race. That's why when they have races, they have people up alongside there because they know that that yelling and screaming encourages you and says, I can keep going. And sometimes your body says, I don't care who's around. <laughs> You're going to stop. Uh, but we have a crowd of witnesses that are cheering for us, screaming and saying, run this race, endure to the end. And this congregation of people are here for you to do just that or should be here for you to do just that. And when we know you and know you well and we've considered you, we know exactly how to approach you and to provoke you in love, or should, we should. This is countercultural because this is, not, this is other-centeredness. This is not self-centeredness. And so much of what we do in our lives is for us. And I submit to you that what we should be doing is for other people so that they are blessed. I'm just as excited for them as when God blesses me. And I will even go further to say when he, when you show that you're as excited for them, God will then bless you because he knows you know it's not about you. You're willing to praise God for the blessing of your brother and sister. He sees that acknowledges that we'll close with a prayer heavenly father we thank you thank you for your grace and your mercy we thank you for this word uh we pray that we exemplify genuine christian community that we are great that we are connected even if we have a marble mentality we're still great and we are connected and that connectedness is through your spirit. So we just pray that we open ourselves up, even as we fellowship on today uh, after service with food, that we don't just have the superficial conversations, but we get to know one another, uh, that we make it a point to go love on people that don't look like us or don't, not in our immediate circle. There's a bunch of grapes and, grapes, and so we may go to the other side of the bunch to get to know that. Uh, group of grapes we're a body we're a community we're working together to present you to represent you in the world and the world will be won by what we do so we just thank you we bless you uh we thank you for all that you're doing in this body in particular but in the body of christ as a whole around the world that you are connecting us and that you are tightening up those connections because we live in a world that the enemy wants to devour devour us throw us and kill us and when we are tightly joined together we can protect one another and encourage one another so we just thank you lord we bless you in jesus name thank you for listening to this message from cornerstone community church we are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com 
Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.